0: Well-regulated militia Being necessary to the security of a free state The right of the people to keep and bear arms Shall not be infringed Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company My name is Cam Edwards I'm so glad that you're with me on the show today I gotta tell you, For the first time In a couple months I actually had a decent weekend And so did Missy Uh, Youngest daughter graduated high school It was hot But uh, it was really nice to see. So uh, I hope you had a good weekend as well. Now, I wish that we were talking about the uh, big decision today in New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. But we didn't get a big decision today in New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. The uh, Supreme Court releasing a couple of opinions um, none of them are what I would consider to be uh, among the court's most controversial cases this term. Uh, there was a case dealing with arbitration. I think about a fired Taco Bell employee. There was a, a capital crimes case uh, that does deal with the right to effective counsel, that is, you know, pretty important if you've been charged with a capital crime. But uh, the Dobbs decision, which you know, has the potential to overturn Roe versus Wade. There is also, uh, besides Bruin, cases dealing with immigration, cases dealing with environmental law, uh, Texas' new social media law, which is on the uh, court's shadow docket. And then again, the Bruin case, which hopefully will put an end to the May issue carry laws in the eight May issue states like New York, California, Maryland, and New Jersey, uh, and a few others as well. Um, What's interesting about this, well, there are a lot of things that are interesting about this, uh, but one of the interesting political ramifications of the court's decision... Uh, It has to do with the 2024 presidential election. You know, uh, Joe Biden apparently uh, is planning on running for a second term. I I don't know how well that's going to go. I don't think there are many Democrats who are particularly eager to see Joe Biden step up and run again in 2024. Uh, But the question for Democrats is who's going to replace him? I mean, Kamala Harris is uh, even more unpopular than Joe Biden is, and there's really nobody there. Uh, on the Democrats' rather thin bench that uh, I don't see Americans rallying behind. Um, But there is apparently somebody who's thinking about it. Yeah, the New York Post, uh, among several outlets over the past couple of days, to report that Eric Adams, the New York City mayor, is eyeing a White House run in 2024. The uh, Post reporting that uh, confidants and City Hall insiders are saying that to Adams may run for president if Biden does not. A person close to the mayor said, uh, quote, Eric has told me repeatedly he thinks that he has a platform to run for national office for president in 2024. He has said that repeatedly. He thinks New York is a national platform. He thinks the National Party has gotten too far to the left, and he thinks that he has a platform to win. A Brooklyn Democratic elected official who was also frequently in talks with the mayor said Adams was, quote, considering a White House run in 2024 if Biden does not seek reelection, and that Adams advisor Ingrid Lewis Martin was, quote, running point on the issue. Now, Adams himself, by the way, says, uh, no, no, that's not happening. I'm not even thinking about running for mayor uh, four years from now. Just, uh, you know, I'm just focused on being the mayor, which, of course, is what you say at this point. Right? Even if you are thinking, Man, maybe I could be president. But there is one big challenge for Eric Adams if he wants to run for president in 2024, besides the possibility that Joe Biden might actually decide he wants a, a second term or to try for a second term. And that is violent crime. Uh, you know, Eric Adams ran for mayor pledging to reduce violent crime, which had gone up under Bill de Blasio, a very soft on crime mayor. And this was supposed to be the big difference between Eric Adams and Bill de Blasio, right? De Blasio was the crazy progressive, but Eric Adams was the moderate Democrat who was going to get tough on crime. He was a law and order Democrat, right? Well, as uh, uh reminds us, uh, Eric Adams is not, gotten the job done when it comes to violent crime. They spoke with a, uh, a a campaign consultant, uh, Chris Coffey, who is the co-chief executive of Tusk Strategies, the uh, firm that ran Andrew Yang's failed mayoral campaign last year. Uh, and uh, Coffey said that uh, while he's not making the case for Adams to run, the mayor of just over four months could appeal to voters on a couple of different fronts as a black moderate Democrat running at least partially on public safety. For that to happen, Coffey said, Biden would have to drop out and Adams would have to show that he's actually been successful in tackling crime in the city that he runs. Neither of which has happened yet. Quote, if those things happen, then I would be really surprised if he didn't consider it. Well, I would be too. But I got to tell you, I'm not convinced that Eric Adams is going to be able to get the job done. You know, Adams has been he well, I I was going to say he's been focused almost entirely on guns, but that is not exactly accurate. Adams has adopted pretty much a kitchen sink strategy. Let's just throw everything out there and see what works, right? So we're going to do a little bit of targeted enforcement. We're going to do a little bit of stop and frisk. We're going to do a little bit of trying to keep people behind bars rather than let them back out. Uh, But his primary focus, and I do think it's fair to say that his primary focus has been on guns, right? Right. Eric Adams' blueprint for public safety in New York City depends on there being fewer guns in New York City. We're not just talking about fewer guns in the hands of criminals. We're talking about fewer guns. Right now, if you live in New York, it's already incredibly difficult for you to exercise your Second Amendment rights. If you want to keep a gun in your home for self-defense, get ready to uh, go through a rigorous screening process, uh, which only gets worse if you actually want to carry a firearm in public. I mean, we're talking tax returns, character references, all kinds of crazy stuff. Oh, by the way, hundreds of dollars in non-refundable application fees, too, so that when you get turned down, as you likely will, for any reason or no reason whatsoever, just because you didn't show good cause or, well, we got concerns about you, you don't get your money back, right? So already, legal gun owners are at a disadvantage in New York City, and As much as I'd like to think that the pending decision in New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin is going to level the playing field, we already know that Eric Adams is planning on trying to implement as many roadblocks as possible, as many barriers between New Yorkers and their right to keep and bear arms, even if the court comes back and says, listen, these may issue laws are unconstitutional and they have to go. Uh, this is, by the way, is kind of interesting from a guy who ran for office saying that he would ditch his private security detail. And simply carry a gun himself as he is allowed to do as a former NYPD officer, right? But you know, you and I and the average New Yorkers, well, we are not entitled to, uh, to the privilege of exercising our Second Amendment rights. And I think this is going to be – listen, Eric Adams' uh, desire to go after guns is not going to hurt him in the Democratic primary if he decides to run for president. I think it very much would hurt him in a general election. But it wouldn't hurt him. His gun control stance is not going to be a a, a, a ding against him uh, among his fellow Democrats. His inability to curtail crime while blaming guns, on the other hand, uh, I think does provide at least an opening for uh, other Democratic challengers to uh, to step in. And by the way, things are continuing to get worse. In New York City, as Fox News reported over the weekend, there was another shooting on a subway. Actually, I believe there were two incidents in the New York City subways this weekend. But uh, one incident, a, a 48-year-old man was uh, shot and killed. Daniel Enriquez, who's an investment research Goldman Sachs, apparently unprovoked attack. Uh, according to reports, Enriquez was riding a train in Manhattan on Sunday morning. And police say an unidentified man shot him in what they are calling, again, an unprovoked attack. His sister, Griselda Ville, said no one, no one, no one should have this happen to their family. And the worst part is, even if they catch this person, he's going to be out again. Talking about New York's bail reform laws, right? Well, as Fox News reports, subway shootings have gone up significantly this year compared to last year under Eric Adams. And Vilay said, I wish you guys would go back to Mayor Adams and tell him the city is not safe. She said, I want every New Yorker to realize this could be your reality tomorrow. Your worst nightmare could come true. I don't want this to be an attack of the mayor. I want him to focus on New York as a community. Her husband Glenn had a more direct message for Adams. Do your job. Get crime off the streets. But again, Eric Adams isn't focused well, he's focused on gun crime, which means he's got to be focused on. The guns, right? So we don't know who the sus- uh, suspect is. Don't know if they have a previous criminal history. I highly doubt that they have a valid permit to carry in New York City. Now, Eric Adams has been uh, trying to scaremonger about what happens if the Supreme Court overturns New York's May issue laws, right? Oh, my gosh, we're going to have people carrying guns on the subway. Oh, my gosh, it's going to be horrible. Oh, my gosh, can you imagine? Well, it sounds to me like you already have people who are carrying guns on the subway. By the way, under current New York City law, the few people who possess a valid permit to carry in New York City can carry on public transportation. It's just that most of them don't rely on public transportation because in order to get a concealed carry permit in New York City, you've got to have a lot of cash, you've got to have a lot of clout, or both, right? So they're driving around in black cars, not taking the Q train. On the other hand, what we are seeing right now is that New York City's gun control restrictions are not stopping violent criminals from illegally obtaining a firearm and illegally using them against unsuspecting and innocent people. Now, Eric Adams might believe that allowing those unsuspecting and innocent people the opportunity to protect themselves would only make things worse. But again, if you want want to run for president in 2024 on a platform of we'll all be better off if we can't protect ourselves, be my guest. I think it's going to go over about as well as, uh, well, how Americans think Joe Biden is doing as president, honestly. Now, let's turn our attention to today's armed citizen story, our good deed of the day and our recidivist report. We will start there, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, where a uh, arrest has been made after a home was put on surveillance because of a number of uh, shooting incidents. Police say that uh, shots were fired at the home uh, and apparently maybe from the home as well. Neighbors have been complaining about this for weeks now, months, apparently. Uh, and so there was a surveillance set up on the home last Thursday with the uh, Cedar Rapids Police Community Action Team. Uh, and they saw a couple of guys walk out of the house that afternoon. One of them, 19-year-old Royal R. Jones, uh, was leaving the home under what police described as, quote, suspicious circumstances. I have no idea what that means, but an officer approached Jones. He then ran from the officer and refused to obey lawful orders during a foot pursuit Uh, The officer saw Jones make a, quote, exaggerated gesture with his right hand on the front of his pants as if to reach for a firearm. When Jones was apprehended, uh, the officers retraced Jones's path and they found a gun without a a serial number. That's right. A quote, unquote, ghost gun uh, laying on the ground. Jones, charged on Friday with being a felon in possession of a firearm, as well as interference with official acts while armed with a firearm. Both of those are felonies. Also interference with official acts resulting in bodily injury because the officer who chased Jones was slightly injured, uh, as well as person ineligible to carry his dangerous weapons. Both of those are serious misdemeanors. Despite these serious felonies and these serious misdemeanors, Jones is currently being held on just $10,000 bond. According to the complaint, by the way, Jones was on a weekend pass from the Larry Nelson Center where the uh, court system had ordered him to serve his term of probation on a uh, conviction from last year for second-degree robbery and going armed with intent. Jones was originally charged with first-degree robbery in that case, by the way, but he pleaded guilty to the lesser charge and got a deferred judgment and three years probation. Yeah, no prison time at all. Yeah, just there you go, Mr. Jones. Go on your way. Oh, by the way, We want you to just stay the night, basically, at this halfway house, right? We'll feel better. But don't worry, we'll give you a weekend pass. It gets even worse. According to court documents, prosecutors have asked the court to revoke Jones's probation twice since last year because of what they call numerous probation violations. Instead, two separate judges found him in contempt, gave him 60 days in jail, but they did not revoke his probation. They did not send him to prison. They just basically, again gave him what amounts to a judicial slap on the wrist. Which, apparently, if the uh, current information is correct, and Jones indeed was in illegal legal possession of a firearm, apparently did not have the deterrent effect that those judges were hoping for. And now again, facing a pair of serious felony charges, as well as a pair of, uh, quote, serious misdemeanors as well. Today's Armed Citizen story from Wisconsin. You've seen this headline already. This is making the rounds. A Wisconsin couple attacked by a bear that broke into their home, used a firearm to protect their lives. Uh, This was Friday night in Medford, Wisconsin. The couple say that they noticed the bear eating out of a bird feeder in their backyard. It was was late. It was about 11 p.m. Uh, Their kids were already asleep in the house. Uh, They opened a window and yelled at the bear to leave. The bear did not leave. Instead, the bear charged at the home and actually broke through the window and then attacked the couple who fought it off at first with a kitchen knife. At some point, though, the husband was able to get a gun, fatally shot the bear inside the home. Both husband and wife were bitten by the bear. They suffered injuries in the attack, but thankfully they were not severe. They were treated and released from the hospital. Kids, as I mentioned, uh, sleep upstairs, unharmed in the incident. Uh, authorities say that it is believed the adult female bear was in the yard with one of her cubs before it charged the house. The bear's body recovered by the Wisconsin DNR. The cub, I don't believe, has been located. A, uh, you know, a, a, Again, it's a sad situation for the bear, but a, a very thankful moment for this uh, Wisconsin couple who are alive and well today. Again, after being attacked by a bear in their own home. Uh, thankfully, those kids get to hug mom and dad as well. And, you know, in this case, I would, I, what, what do you say? What do you say? Don't open the window and say, hey, bear, get away from there. Nine times out of ten of I me, mean, if you're dealing with a black bear, that's going to be enough to get him to go away. Right? This particular case, maybe because the cub was there, uh, the bear became aggressive, but it's hard for me to look at this and say, you know, well, here's what they could have done differently. Other than maybe have the firearm on their person in case the bear decides to charge the house. But ah, 11 o'clock on a Friday night, I I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know that that would have been uh, even, uh, you know, on the top of my uh, awareness uh, had I chased off a bear at a bird feeder, which thankfully has not happened, even though I live in a very rural area. Anyway, glad that this couple is okay. Uh, Sad news about the bear, but uh, hopefully they can, uh, you know, find some answers here all right today's uh, good deed of the day from north carolina where a police officer in the right place at the right time willing and able to do the right thing to save a four-year-old autistic child from drowning in a creek this was in silva north carolina and police say the four-year-old was uh, quote up to his shoulders in a fast-moving creek. Parents of the uh, child had called the uh, police department to say that their son had wandered away from home. So members of the Silva Police Department, along with the Jackson County Sheriff's Office, and private citizens as well, all joined in the search to look for this child. Um, among those involved in the search, Officer Jacob Waldrop, who, by the way, was named the Silva Police Department's Officer of the Year last year. Waldrup was off duty. He was leaving court when he heard about the missing child, so he decided that he would go and help. During the search... A a private citizen heard crying in an area near a creek, about a mile away from where the boy lived. Waldrop went to the area, and he found the boy in the moving water. Police say that Waldrop then jumped into the creek, brought the boy to safety. Boy was not hurt, taken to a local hospital to be examined, and reunited with his family. So again, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, Officer Jacob Waldrop Probably a strong contender for the 2022 Officer of the Year in Silva, North Carolina. We thank you for your very good deed. Now, that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I do want to mention one other thing that we've got coming up this week. Uh, later this week, you know, the NRA annual meeting kicks off in Houston, Texas. We will be bringing you coverage from Houston on BerrienArms.com. Thursday uh, is going to be my travel day, so we might have to pre-tape Cam and Company. I'm not sure what our uh, broadcast schedule is going to be like there. We may just end up doing a wrap-up. But if you want to see some uh, videos from down in Houston at the NRA annual meeting, let me know in the comments, because uh, I'll be bringing along a camera, be bringing along some microphones, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to give you plenty of video coverage in addition to the stories that we'll be writing at BearingArms.com. I'm going to encourage you to visit the website, not only while I'm in Houston for the NRA meeting, but every day, because we're always updated with more Second Amendment news and information that you need to know about. And if you like what you see, you can always become a VIP subscriber as well. Just use the promo code GunRights when you go to bearingarmscom slash subscribe. And not only will you get any significant savings on your VIP membership, you'll be helping to support the independent pro-Second Amendment journalism we do at Burying Arms. And as our way of saying thanks, we're going to give you exclusive content. News stories and analysis you won't find anywhere else, because your support really does make a difference and it does matter. So thank you very much. Have a great rest of your Monday. We'll see you back here tomorrow with another edition of Bearing Arms Cam & Company. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.